<laughs> and now we can start. Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. If you build it, they will come. Joel, you seen that movie? You seen that movie, Joe? Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. In our 670 of the score studios, Jordan Malley. Shout out to Jordan Malley. Did Matt Peck get a signed copy of that book? No, Matt Peck, he didn't. No, no. I'll talk to D. Rose. Yeah, you got, you're going to make, make Matt, it happen. And Matt, you will be getting your book soon. <laughs> Kick back and get ready for the best hour of your day are players buying in jim i yes fair enough and so all i was saying on this podcast the locked on bulls podcast locked on bulls five days a week locked on bulls starts now you can just see the vibe here are your hosts jordan malley and matt peck what's up and welcome into locked on bulls part of the locked on podcast network your team every day I'm Matt Peck, also host of Bulls Outsiders on NBC Sports Chicago, following all 82 Bulls games this season. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co-host Jordan Malley at Jordan C. Malley. And you can find us on Twitter at Locked on Bulls. You can shoot us an email, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. And also find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash LockedOnShyBulls. And of course, our text to voicemail line, always there for you, our fellow Bulls fans, 331-979-1369. I know that Jordan and I didn't do mailbag uh, yesterday, Wednesday, because it was the first time we had been on the mics together in a while, and we wanted to talk through some of the bigger picture stuff uh, when it comes to this team's coaching staff and some of the rumors about the front office halfway through another disappointing season. So we will get to some mailbag content on tomorrow's show, so be on the lookout for that on Friday. Lots of uh, various texts coming through over the past few days. Bulls fans wanted to know about some trade hypotheticals and rumors as we neared that February 6th trade deadline. And, of course, plenty of thoughts on on what the, the Bulls have failed to accomplish halfway through this season. Today's show, I thought I'd just give my quick reaction to the Bulls' win over the Washington Wizards on Wednesday. Another dynamite performance from Zach Levine in addition to uh, some promising play from Tomas Sadoransky, uh, but also some some worrisome things, uh, particularly when it comes to minutes, allotment, and rotation. Uh, rotations have been a big issue for Jim Boylan all season. So with that, obviously the biggest positive in this win over Washington was another all-star caliber performance from Zach Levine. Earlier today, Thursday, we saw the third uh, installment of the fan vote results come through, and Zach has actually fallen from fifth to sixth place among guards in the Eastern Conference, getting leapfrogged by Kyle Lowry. Um, and it's unfortunate to see him slipping in the polls, and you know, I urge my fellow Bulls fans to continue to get out the vote for Zach Levine to get this all-star nod. Because I do think that what we've seen from him, especially in this recent stretch, is all-star caliber play. And I think he's deserving of it. And I think some of the other knocks that might prevent people from voting for a player like Zach in his situation are not necessarily things that he can control. Namely, the fact that his team is 15-27. and 27. It's a lot harder to get an all-star nod if you are not on a winning team, and certainly on a team this bad. Even if the Bulls were, you know fewer games under 500 it might be easier for him to rack up those votes and he also I think still has a little bit of this negative uh, narrative around his game as being a one-way player an empty calorie point score and all these things that I think 
there are, there are certain shades of truth to them, but they're not as true as they used to be. Uh, and he has carried this team on his back all season long while making noticeable improvements on the defensive side of his game. His on-ball defense is better. He's even eliminated some of those mental lapse possessions when it comes to his off-ball defense and losing track of his man. And he's also upped his steals. He's getting better defensively, and he's pouring in 30-point nights on a near-regular basis now in the past month or so. And he did it again last night, outperforming another uh, potential all-star East guard, Bradley Beal, who scored, uh, I believe, just 23 23, uh, for the Wizards last night. But uh, Levine poured in 30, doing so with 6 of 11 from behind the three-point line, 12 of 21 overall, and really rounded out his game nicely, adding seven rebounds and seven assists. So it was another great game from Zach. Um, And, you know, I I think we we all know that he really wants this all-star nod and I don't know if he's going to get it. I think Jordan and I were talking about it yesterday, and Jordan brought something to my attention that I hadn't really thought about, which could increase his odds of making the team, being that, you know, so we have the 50% fan vote, the 25% among players, and 25% among media. But when it comes to coaches voting for those all-star reserves, Zach might have a chance to get in as an alternate, especially if a couple of players above him say thanks but no thanks to the invitation because they would rather spend their all-star break somewhere that isn't Chicago in mid-February. So I I do still think that there is an outside shot for Levine to make the all-star team, and uh, it would be great to see. It would be a nice thing for Bulls fans and for Zach through this very trying season, and it sounds like, uh, especially according to some of his recent interviews, he would very much consider doing the dunk contest and the three-point contest. Even he he would certainly be more open to doing either or both if he were also honored uh, honored as a member of the All-Star team and playing on Sunday. So, you know, Bulls fans, you know, get out the vote. Let's get get our guy Zach there. Um, It would be really great, I think the team needs it I think this fan base needs it we need something to feel good about and Zach Levine with another solid performance last night in a win is the thing that we can feel good about right now uh other unfortunate things about this win not you know not only to to mention that it came against a Wizards team that is bad now, I believe the Bulls are 11-0 and this season against, collectively, the Detroit Pistons, Atlanta Hawks, Memphis Grizzlies, including one of those games that they played without John Morant and before they started turning things around this season, and now also the Washington Wizards. 11-0 and against four bad teams and just four wins and 27 losses against the rest of the NBA. So that immediately takes some of the... Uh, you know, some of the oomph out of this win, knowing that it comes against a team struggling just as mightily as the Bulls are. And it also came at a price. More injuries. And maybe it was a cruel twist of fate that on the one-year anniversary of Wendell Carter Jr.'s season-ending thumb injury from last year, Daniel Gafford, who has replaced the once-again injured Wendell as the starting center of this team for the last few games, in the first minute of action last night, 
dislocated his thumb and also lacerated that thumb and will be out two to four weeks. Thankfully, x-rays came back negative at the United Center last night, and hopefully this is only a short absence for Gafford. Could have been worse, but it's just another gut punch and another blow to a team that is already struggling mightily to put out competent lineups in the absences of first Otto Porter Jr. and now Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, Gafford, along with Zach Levine, was one of the few bright spots recently just with his uh, his high motor play, his awesome entertaining dunks, his blocks, and just the, the the positive energy that the kid has brought to a pretty trying season. So it, it was tough to see that last night. And then, of course, Chandler Hutchison <laughs> played just 15 games halfway through this season, uh, went down again, and through no fault of anyone other than himself, going up and trying to, to dunk the ball, lands awkwardly without really any contact from any Wizards players or anybody else, falls on his backside, reaggravates his shoulder injury. We did get an update um, at this morning's practice that he was there and getting shots up, um, and it sounds like from Hutch and from Jim Boylan, it could have been worse. Uh, they're even saying that he might be active Friday against the Sixers, so we'll keep an eye out for that. But honestly, I think he did have like 10 or 11 points before getting hurt last night. But I don't see Chandler Hutchison as a vital piece of this rotation. I, you know, I, he's not the savior that this team needs, certainly. And, and it, just another example of him being a guy who appears to be very injury prone, can't stay on the floor. Um, so, you know, that, that is what it is. But certainly Gafford's injury hurt a lot more. Um, and Gafford's injury leads me to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which was uh, some interesting allotment of minutes by Jim Boylan in this game last night as the front court continues to suffer these injuries. But before we get to that, I wanted to give a shout out to one of our sponsors this week, my bookie. Are you the type of sports fan that knows so well that you could choose any game and call it well, MyBookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football, playoffs, NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with MyBookie. If you're the kind of sports fan who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. If you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. Tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So, Daniel Gafford goes down in minute one last night. In comes Luke Cornette who, you know, good for him, had his first useful game of the season against a bad Pistons team the other night. Um, And it was a decision by Jim Boylan to put Cornette in instead of Thad Young and bringing him 
as the first big off the bench and sliding Lowry Markkinen to the five. We saw that in the first game after Wendell went down. He started Thad, played Lowry at the five, um, and Jim Boylan didn't like what he saw. And I don't entirely blame him because despite all the talk we've heard from the Bulls about wanting to get minutes for Lowry at the five and see if we can develop that element of his game and play him at that position, we know that defensively Lowry is a liability at the five he is not very big despite his size he doesn't play big and he's essentially a traffic cone when it comes to trying to slow guys down in the paint so it's it's not ideal and I understand that Jim wanted to put Cornette in there because of what we've seen from Lowry at the five which is not encouraging however we have also seen this season that given Jim Boylan's insistence on playing this gimmicky, you know, blitzing style of defense, that the defensive abilities and skills that Luke Cornett does have are completely nullified by this system. He's a decent rim protector and shot blocker if he is allowed to be playing in drop coverage, playing man, or heck, crazy idea, maybe even play some zone where essentially Cornett is only operating in the paint. But that's not what we've seen. The first month of the season when Cornette was in the rotation, the Bulls were getting cooked defensively because Cornette was being asked to go out and guard guys outside the paint. And he does not have a lick of quickness or lateral uh, movement to do that competently. So... You know, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, Lowry's incapable of playing defense at the five and can get uh, exposed by a lot of, you know, um, powerful and efficient bigs. But it's not like unless Jim Boylan changes the way he plays defense that Cornette is any better. So last night, Jim decides he's going to roll with Cornette instead of Thad when Gaffer goes down. Thad played 21 minutes off the bench and scored 18 points. In his past two games, he has 35 points off the bench. And it is largely because, finally, I guess to Jim's credit, if you want to give him a little bit of credit, but again, it took him so long, he's finally letting Thad operate the way that Thad Young has operated for 12 years in the NBA. And, you know, Jordan and I talked about this yesterday, too. The fact that they forced Thad Young to become something he's not well into his career and asked him to be like a three-point shooter. Now, Thad did knock down a perfect three of three from behind the three-point line last night, including a couple of big ones when the rest of the Bulls' offense was sputtering. And he took four threes and only made one of them in his 17-point game against Boston. But... 23 of those 35 points over the past two games have been old school, fad young, give it to him in the post or use him as the role man in a pick and roll fashion of basketball that we have not seen this season because it doesn't fit with Jim's multi-ball handler system. But finally, at least, we're seeing the version of Thad that can be useful. The version of Thad that has been useful in many different teams, in many different scenarios, spanning more than a decade of NBA basketball. But still, just 21 minutes. That's the number of minutes that, for the most part, Thad has been averaging this season and led him to complain to the media about his minutes 
and his role on this team, even going so far from a couple of reports to say that he's so unhappy with this that if it doesn't change, he's telling his agent to go find him a trade. So Thad plays 21 minutes, and meanwhile, Luke Cornett plays 35. Luke Cornett had 10 points and four rebounds and two blocks in those 35 minutes. Thad Young had 18 points, eight rebounds, two steals, and a block in his 21 minutes. And they were, uh, interestingly contrasted when you look at their plus minuses Cornette was actually a plus 18 on the night and Thad was a minus one but we know how finicky plus minuses can be one of these players is a useful veteran who is actually also a pretty darn good defender and that is Thad Young Luke Cornette if he's not making his shots is nothing other than a defensive liability And last night, yeah, 4 of 10 overall, but he was 1 of 5 from behind the three-point line. And that's what he's supposed to do is spread out the opponent's defense. So I'm just so perplexed by that. 35 minutes for Cornette and 21 for Thad. Meanwhile, you know, Markkanen, only 31 minutes. And that's more than some of the games he's played. In two of his past four games, he hasn't even hit the 30-point mark. Played 25 the other night. But eight shots. Eight shots in 31 minutes as Markkinen had 13 points and eight rebounds. Just another blah game. But how is Markkinen getting eight shots and Cornette getting 10? It's inexcusable. And again, I'm not trying to be this Lowry apologist who glosses over the parts of his disappointing season that are on him. Some of this is his fault. He looks passive, disengaged. He has not looked strong. He has not looked to attack the basket. He has not looked to take advantage of mismatches. On the rare occasion when his teammates actually do recognize a mismatch and give him the damn ball. So yes, some of this is on Lowry and some of some funk is going on. But he started to pull out of a funk in December. Started knocking down his threes. Started doing some more in the transition offense. Got to the rim a little bit more. But again, this recent stretch, his minutes are going down again. His shots, you know, like fewer than 10 shots a game is happening like every other night. It's absurd. And and Cornette's playing 35? One of those players is supposed to be a cornerstone of this rebuild, and one is not. And we all know who is who. In that scenario. No offense to Luke Cornette. But Markkinen is the number seven overall pick. Who this team said. All right, we're starting over. We're trading Jimmy. We're getting this package. And Larry is a big important piece. And right now his usage is down from his rookie year. His points per game is down from his rookie year. His field goal attempts per game are down from his rookie year. And his minutes are Essentially exactly where they were his rookie year. Slightly above. I think like, you know, 30.2 instead of 29.7. What about that is okay? None of that is okay. How do you expect this kid to develop if you're not giving him a proper allotment of minutes? 
and especially these long stretches. We see Boylan take out Markkinen and have him sit for 8, 10, damn near 12 minutes at a time. What kind of rhythm can a player get in when he's sitting for that many minutes? It doesn't make sense. And going back to Thad, here's the other thing. And then this will lead to my final thought about a different player when it comes to this rotation. Thad Young is clearly unhappy. With his minutes, with his role on this team, at least finally Boylan is letting him do a little bit of what he does well, which is score from the post. You know, I, I don't think that, that is enough to assuage the unhappiness that, that Thad has right now on this team. So trade him. You have three weeks between today and the NBA's trade deadline on February 6th. Three weeks. Use the games in that three-week period, especially right now as trade rumors and trade phone calls start to really amp up. We just saw... A trade go down earlier today between Minnesota and Atlanta. It's that time. The time is now. As a team that is 15 and 27 halfway through the season, your initial goal of making the playoffs, dead. Don't talk to me about turning this around and fighting for an eighth seed in the back half of the season. Have you looked at the schedule? That's not happening. Not happening. So do other useful things with the back half of another lost season. Play Thad. Let Thad Young be Thad Young, even if it goes against Jim Boylan's precious system that has the Bulls offense ranked 28th in the league, and showcase his talents to teams that might see use for a front court depth piece that is, by the way, one of the most liked and respected locker room veterans in the entire association. You think some teams might be interested, especially if they see and remember what good Thad Young looks like because he's allowed to be good Thad Young? Play him. Showcase him. Raise his trade value and get something for him because clearly the Thad Young experiment didn't work out here. Aw shucks, too bad, but bring something positive out of a failed experiment. Is that so hard to ask? Doesn't it seem like that is a logical thing to do if the Bulls are realistic about the current state of their reality? Which leads me to Denzel Valentine. Jim Boylan played every player that was on his active and available roster last night. And yes, that includes one Cristiano. I am a walking, talking punchline Felicio. And some of that, yes, had to do with the fact that the Bulls dropped another part of their front court rotation last night. But even so, Denzel didn't even get into the game after Chandler Hutchison, another wing who questionably got back into the rotation ahead of Denzel, went down with his umpteenth injury of the season. How is Denzel getting these DNPs? What did he do to Jim Boylan? It seems very much so like the Bulls are officially out on Denzel. An impending restricted free agent coming up on the end of his rookie deal. And it sounds and looks, based on all evidence, that the Bulls have no interest in keeping Denzel around. 
Okay, fine. If that's the decision that you've come to, like Thad, acknowledge the reality of your situation, showcase a player that might actually have some trade value by playing him and make use in other ways of a lost season by getting something for Denzel instead of losing him for nothing, instead of letting him walk away for nothing. In the 14 December games that the Bulls played, Denzel was active in all 14, and the Bulls went 7-7. Seven and seven. And I'm not saying all credit to Denzel for the Bulls having a 500-month. And yeah, a lot of those wins were against these bad teams that the Bulls are capable of beating. But he's shooting damn near 40% from behind the three-point line. And the Bulls are ninth in three-point attempts per game, but only 19th in three-point percentage. The Bulls on Monday night, if you remove Zach Levine going three of six from behind the behind the three-point line as a team, sans Zach Levine, we're three of 19. And it was another loss for the Bulls on so many nights this season when, when the Bulls don't knock down threes, they lose. Denzel Valentine can knock down threes. You know, I I know that I gave Denzel a hard time all offseason. I'll believe it when I see it when it comes to Denzel actually being available to play. But he's available to play. And he provides things that this team supposedly is trying to put an emphasis on this season. Three-point shooting. And things that this team is glaringly lacking right now. Smart basketball IQ and quality passing on a stagnant, terrible half-court offense. Yes, he is a problem on defense. You know who else is a problem on defense? Basically everybody on this roster, save Chris Dunn, now that Wendell Carter Jr. is down. Denzel gives you things on the offensive end that you could use. And even if it's not about that, because you are 12 games under 500 halfway through the season acknowledge the reality of your situation Denzel Valentine could get you something on the trade market not a lot probably not even a first round pick maybe a second round pick maybe a young player who needs a change of scenery something you know what something is better than nothing how many times have we seen this Bulls front office let players leave for nothing Denzel Valentine could be a valuable knockdown three-point shooter off the bench for a playoff-bound team. Plenty of playoff-bound teams could use a three-point shooter off the bench. That is a valuable thing in today's NBA, and it's exactly what Denzel Valentine can offer. But because, I don't know, he like, you know, he spurned Jim Boylan in some social situation or something... He can't even get on the court when the Bulls are dropping bodies left and right and going 3 of 19 from three-point range. What about that makes sense? The only explanation is Jim Boylan is a coach who is stubbornly playing favorites. I like this guy. I don't like that guy. It's inexcusable, and it's dumb. And let's be honest, it's one of many inexcusable and dumb things that we've seen, seen Jim Boylan do this season. And it's why, the, you know, Denzel Valentine playing or not playing, you know, 
the tip of the iceberg when it comes to problems for this Bulls team right now. A lot of them have to do with the head coach and, and the people above him. But whether it's Thad Young or Denzel Valentine, just open your eyes to where you are halfway through the season and do something about it. You can't trade Denzel if he's sitting on your bench getting healthy scratches. If it's not about wins and losses anymore, set yourself up for a better tomorrow. Set yourself up for a better offseason and 2020-2021. Open your eyes to reality and do something different. Make changes. That's why it's so frustrating to hear Jim Boylan give his, you know, halfway point of the season assessment to say he's he's happy that they've, you know, established a, a style, a system of play on both ends. Dude, you're 15 and 27. How happy can you be with these styles that you've established and installed if your team is 12 games under 500 after what was supposed to be the easy part of your schedule? Whether it's the style of play or the rotation, if it's not working, then fucking change it. If the season is lost, it doesn't mean that the remaining 41 games have to be useless by repeatedly shoving your head into a brick wall doing the same stuff that has failed you, including Luke Cornett playing a bunch of minutes in a defensive system that Jim Boylan refuses to change that exposes Luke Cornett. It just, it seems way too blatantly obvious for even the simplest of fans who watches these games and sees what's going on and saying, how, how can you tell us that you're pleased with the system when we all know what the results are? So knowing those results... Knowing that this team isn't going anywhere this season, what can you do proactively to set yourself up for a better tomorrow? Play Denzel, man. Play Thad Young. See if you can trade one or either of them or both of them. Do other things. Accomplish other goals. You set a goal at the beginning of the season. Let's let's be a team that's in the playoff hunt. Let's make the playoffs. Halfway through the season, it is pretty clear that they will fail at achieving that goal. It doesn't mean that you cannot set up other goals for yourself midway through the season to put yourself in better position for the season that follows. You just have to be not so stubborn to actually open your eyes, make some changes, pick up the phone, make some phone calls, make something fucking happen. Give this fan base something. Zach Levine making the all-star team, that would be something, that would be great, and he would achieve that all on his own. But when it comes to Jim Boylan, when it comes to the front office of this team, Zach's given us something. Every once in a while, another player will will step up and show us something. 
not nice to see a, a decent game from Sadoransky last night. Unfortunate, heartbreaking to see Daniel Gaffer go down with an injury because he certainly brought some life to this team that needed some. Jim, John, Gar, Michael, Jerry, how about you set some second half of the season goals for yourselves? Get off your useless asses and make something better with the rest of your season. Do something productive with the rest of another lost season. Open your eyes to reality, make changes, and do something to help this team get out of this terrible funk next season. That's it for today. Appreciate everybody listening out there in Bulls Nation. Hopefully, Jordan will be on the mics with me tomorrow. Either way, we'll get to as much of your mailbag content as we can. Plenty of texts in that inbox. Don't forget, you can also leave us a voicemail. That number is 331-969-13... Sorry, 331-979-1369 for all of your Bulls thoughts, questions, and comments. You can also email us, LockedOnBulls at Gmail. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash LockedOnShyBulls or tweet at us. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. He's at Jordan C. Malley. We are at LockedOnBulls. Bulls have another back-to-back on deck this weekend. Sixers Friday, Cavs Saturday. Let's see what they do to round out the week. Until then, enjoy your Thursday evening. Enjoy your Friday morning. And uh, I will see you on Bulls Outsiders following the Bulls game and postgame live on Friday night. See Red. Be good. Peace out. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. 